welcome back to World Changers. Uh, my name is Brett. I'm Steven. <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about a man who married a woman 15 years older than he was. Hmm. Kind of weird. Yeah, pretty weird. Probably this name, not probably, this is the most common name in the world today. Yeah. I kept on doing research and... and uh, Famous boxers kept coming up, but <laughs> talking about the prophet Muhammad. Yeah, that's right. Let's dive right in and talk about the summary of his life. Muhammad was born in Mecca, which uh, today would be in Saudi Arabia, in 570 A.D. So, so this is pretty far back. This isn't as far back as Alexander. Oh, 570 A.D. Yeah, I was thinking B.C. for a second, but A.D. Yeah, I mean, you know, 500 years after Christ, but. Guys, we're 1,500 years ago. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be, there's a lot of things we don't know with Muhammad. So just bear with us. From all the research I've done, there's a lot of inconsistencies, and it's hard to, the same with, you know, Jesus. Yeah. It just goes up and down all over the place. So we'll give you the main points of his life. He, like I said, born in 570 AD. His father had died before he was born, so there's another one where one of these people that grows up with a less than normal family situation. Yeah. He ended up being raised by... So his mother must have died at some point Mm -hmm. um, shortly after his birth as well because he was raised by his grandfather and then by his uncle. And he worked in a merchant camel caravan as a teenager. His family was... They were active in the the politics and the trade in Mecca. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, he was a merchant in Mecca at the time. Just gives you some context. There's a lot of uh, polytheistic beliefs. Yeah. So people are worshiping a lot of gods and uh, idolatry. Yeah. So they make li- they make little idols to represent these gods. Yeah, and people made a lot of money on those things. They'd sell them to you. So yeah. So imagine buying. Uh, little tiny things that represent your God and you put them around your house. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of different gods. So that's kind of what's going on at this time. Yeah, so Mecca was a, a major trade center, a major religion center. And so Muhammad kind of got into that into that trade. Yeah. Uh, commerce and everything. So he, he worked for his uncle who, who sort of headed that, that merchant caravan that he was part of. And while being a part of this caravan, he traveled from the Mediterranean Sea to the Indian Ocean. So he he saw a lot and saw a lot of a lot of that area, that part of the world. He started to build up a reputation. Mm-hmm. He was an honest and sincere man and, and merchant. He actually got the nickname Al Amin, meaning faithful or trustworthy. Cool. So he seems so far it seems a little bit like Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln wasn't born in a big city like Muhammad was, but he kind of started off from meager beginnings, mm-hmm. and Abraham Lincoln didn't love his father. Muhammad didn't have a father, mm-hmm. but you know they have trouble at home. And Abraham Lincoln, one of the first things he did was build a reputation of being really honest as yeah. a lawyer and reputable. So it seems so far a little a little bit similar. So I mentioned this, but in his early twenties, he began he began working. Uh, for a wealthy merchant woman named Khadija. Nice. And she was 15 years older than he was. She soon became attracted to him. He uh, caught her eye. 
and she was impressed, and she proposed marriage. Yeah, she proposed to him. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And they were married and had several children. Not A lot of them died. Yeah. But some of them survived. Uh, one of them in particular, uh, Fatima, would marry Muhammad's cousin, uh, Ali ibn Abi Talib, who they claim, who became one of his successors. We can talk a little bit about what happened later, but yeah. anyways, so the blood connection right there. He, Muhammad was a, a fast walker, strong build, prominent forehead, hooked nose, large dark eyes, and a pleasant smile. Yeah. In, in the religion of Islam, they don't believe in drawing him or painting mm-hmm. him. And so because of that, it's kind of hindered our uh, an ability to pass on knowledge of what he looked like, obviously. Yeah. But, I mean, it's also 1,500 years ago. But interesting, yeah. So in, 16, in 610, he goes on a pilgrimage, and he was meditating in a cave on Mount Jabil al-Nur, and the angel Gabriel appeared to him. And he's like, what? He's like, what's up? What's going on? <laughs> So, Gabriel's words later became part of the Quran, the holy book of Islam. What he was told by the angel Gabriel, he eventually taught to others. Yeah. Became and the foundation for the religion of Islam. Yeah. Quick clarification, uh, the followers and believers of Islam are called Muslims. Yeah. The religion that they follow and they believe in is called Islam. Islam. And so Angel Gabriel came to him and started to teach him. Yeah. And these teachings ended up becoming what encapsulated the Quran. And there are differing accounts as to what Muhammad's feelings were when he first started receiving these visions. Some people believe that he was inspired and immediately went and began teaching and spreading that word that he received from the angel. Others believe that he was pretty kind of deeply disturbed by yeah. the experience and was afraid to tell anybody about Very it. Very afraid, yeah. It makes sense, you know? Yeah. You're a crazy person. You never know how people would react to that. Exactly. So uh, one of the first things he was told to do was almost rebuke the uh, idolatrous beha- behaviors of the Meccans. Yeah, and the polytheism. Exactly. That was one of the main things that he learned from the angel mm-hmm. and, and f- is that there was only one God. And that God is Allah. Yeah. There is no other God but Allah, and Muhammad is his prophet. Yep. That's their kind of slogan. I'm pretty sure uh, on the... on what, what flag is that? Is that Saudi Arabian flag? Oh, yeah. It's on one of those Middle Eastern country flags. Yeah, though. that's that's their main thing. Yep. There's no God but Allah, and, uh, and Muhammad is his prophet. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about the beliefs of Islam, but... Yeah. Anyways... But yeah, so, well, yeah, go like on. you said, he started condemning the practices, the religious practices of the of the day, and people didn't really like that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the reason was because of how much money they were making off of selling exactly. the... the it's just economics. The little god figurines mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah. So... He, he builds up a little bit of following, but like you said, yeah. people are frustrated, and they kick him out. Yeah, so he ends up having to leave Mecca, and he goes to another holy... what eventually became another holy city of Islam, which is called Medina. And that's where he kind of set up camp. He helped to resolve a civil war there between about seven different tribes. And he started gaining a, a much larger following. Mm-hmm. 
So Medina is about 260 miles north of Mecca, which is pretty far. Yeah. I feel like that's almost from Provo to St. George. If you don't live in Utah, that means nothing to you. <laughs> but that 1622, he leaves. Uh, 622, yeah. Sorry, 622. 624 to 628, the, you know, he's involved in a couple different battles. He's also growing his following. And after that, they kind of come back and have the the uh, final major confrontation, uh, the Battle of the Trench and the Siege of Medina. Mm-hmm. And uh, Muhammad prevails. And in 630, they come back to Mecca, and they take it over pretty easily. Yeah. And they cleanse the Kaaba, which was the... It's If you've seen pictures of people taking pilgrimage to Mecca, it's the big black square-looking Cube. building. Yeah. Cube thing. And uh, they believe that that was built by Abraham, mm-hmm. the prophet Abraham. Back which in is Egypt pretty times. interesting. If you're familiar with Christianity or Judaism, they all stem from Abraham. Yeah. Abraham is a sacred prophet in all three religions, and yep. that's where they differ, which is so fascinating. It's interesting. Because I, I don't know the math, but I'd guess uh, 90% of the world that is religious is those three. Yeah. You know? They all it's came from him. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, so they, they the the Kaaba had become a center for pagan worship for exactly. all the, the polytheism and all. They had a bunch of idols in it, so they cleansed, cleansed that... Uh, that, that sacred spot. Now, cleanse sounds a little bit scary. I just want to point out that Muhammad gave amnesty to many of the Meccan leaders who had opposed him and pardoned many others. Yeah. So he takes it over, and like Brett says, he cleansed these these um, unclean practices. Yeah. Is what they would deem them. But he forgives a lot of the people. Most of the population is converted to Islam. So it's just like a great day. Win, 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 win. Mm-hmm. He delivered his last sermon in Mecca. So he still had, home base was still at Medina. So he still had a home in Medina. And he delivered his last sermon in Mecca, though, at Mount Arafat in March of 632 A.D. And returned home to Medina and fell ill and died in June of 632 at age 62. So his last last sermon is, uh, you said it was in March? Yeah, 6.32. He dies in June. Yep, just a couple months later. He was buried at what is now called the Mosque of the Prophet in Medina. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. That'd be a great place to visit. That'd be a cool place to see. I don't know this, but I I don't think you're not allowed to go there if you're not Muslim, right? Maybe not. It might be kind of like, because in Jerusalem, at the the Dome of the Rock, it's kind of hard to get into the actual building. You can go up on the Temple Mount, but... Yeah, I don't think you're allowed to go in. Yeah. Some people Some people do, but yeah. Awesome. Well, let's go over and talk a little bit about his religion, his greatest, his, you know, his life's work. Yeah. So the obvious thing is that, uh, you know, his major accomplishment was to found the, what is today, the second largest religion in the world. Yeah. So I, the last one I saw, the most current one, said that uh, studies show that between 1.5 and 1.8 billion people in the world identify their religion as Islam. Yeah, almost a quarter of the population of the world. Yeah, pretty, pretty, amazing. pretty amazing, yeah. Um, he was also... So we'll talk more about... I think we want to spend a little bit of time just talking about the core beliefs of Islam. Yeah, let's just dive into... Let's uh, just do that real quick. So they have five pillars of practice in Islam, and these practices should be undertaken with the best effort 
for every single Muslim in order to be considered a true Muslim. The first is a declaration of faith. Pretty simple. It's just a statement proclaiming the belief in one God and that Muhammad is the prophet of God. So you just become Muslim. A person simply recites this statement publicly and in Arabic. They're really into Arabic. They only believe that Quran is the Quran in Arabic. Once it's translated, it's not interesting the Quran anymore. That first pillar is called the Shahada. Oh, nice. You're giving me the... Yeah, I got the words for you. I love it. Uh, the second one is formal prayer five times a day. So, Salah. Salah. So me and Brett both, we spent a semester abroad living in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. It was really fascinating to see people practice these things. They have uh, what's called the call to prayer. Yeah. And they have these huge megaphones almost, these speakers, all around the city. Mm-hmm. And the earliest one is at 4 or 5 in the morning. Yeah. We'd wake up to it. And it's actually, I loved it. I thought it was beautiful. But someone will get up and they will sing. And I, I'm not going to try because I don't want to disrespect it. But yeah. I really recommend. Maybe we can post it on our, twi- on our, our Twitter. That would be cool. Like a yeah. link. You can check it out. But it's someone singing. We actually had the privilege of, of a singer coming in. And the responsibility of singing had been passed down through generations. And they sang for us and told us about what they sang. But it's just, you know, telling them to pray. And we would see people, or I, I know I would, who would be driving a car and they'd park their car and they'd get out on the sidewalk and they would pray. Yeah, and they have their prayer rugs and they get mm-hmm. those out. And their beads too. Yeah. So I think uh, I think it's an amazing part of their religion and I yeah. think it's something that everyone should uh, strive to follow. You know? Yeah, just being reminded of uh, sort of expressing that gratitude to God every day, multiple times a day. And it's even if you don't practice. have a God, just recognizing gratitude five times a day Man, I feel like that would do wonders. Yeah, there have been scientific studies about that recently. Like it, it, it greatly raises your quality of life. It's. I think it's, it's one of my favorite aspects of Islam <laughs> is the fact that they pray five times a day. The next one is a tax, uh, two, 2.5% of one's excess wealth given to the needy once a year. Zakat. Zakat. Uh, then we have fasting during the daylight hours in the month of Ramadan. Mm-hmm. This is probably... This is probably my favorite part about it. It's pretty cool. I love it. I, I had a really good friend, and it was my little brother's friend, Zaid Almoradi. If you're listening to this, Zaid, what's up? <laughs> and uh, he was uh, Muslim, and he would follow this, and it was really cool, really inspirational. I thought it was admirable. He would fast from uh, – he could eat when the, once the sun came up in the morning. They wouldn't eat until the sun went down. Mm-hmm. And they do it for a month. Yeah, every day. Really Fasting cool. from dawn to dusk. So Ramadan is just the name of a month. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the name of the month when... Is it the name of the month when Muhammad received his visions? Ooh, I'm not sure about that. It's either that or when they take over Mecca. It, it, it signifies an important part in his story. Someone tweet us and tell us that. Yeah, someone tweet us that and tell us what that is. So but that one's called Psalm. I, I love it. I, honestly, I've been wanting to do it for years. And <laughs> it's so hard, I just get scared. <laughs> Um, I, I, I think it really helps having a support system if you're in a family, if you sure. have friends. Because what they end up doing is they have a big meal in the morning, yeah. and then they have like a feast at nighttime all together. If That'd I was going to cool. do it by myself, it would be pretty antisocial and hard, you know? Yeah. The last one is also pretty cool. I wish we had this in other religions, uh, or at least in mine. I, I guess we kind of do. But uh, it's a pilgrimage to Mecca at least once, if physically and financially able. So yeah. they head over there. This one's called the Hajj. So cool. And if you've seen, yeah, you can you can find videos. Maybe I'll post these on the Twitter as well. Videos of just millions of so many people so that are many. there, and you see the Kaaba, the the black cube building, and everyone's kind of walking around it. Yeah, and it's just 
so there's some fun traditions about how many times you're supposed to walk around it and yeah. there's a great documentary actually Hmm. Maybe we maybe we can find that and post it. Is it on Netflix or on YouTube? I'm not sure. Probably YouTube, but I'll, we can look at it later. Cool. So one other point to make is that this Islam is considered to be the restored faith that was revealed to Adam, Abraham, Moses, and Jesus, and all those and other prophets throughout yeah. history. So so Muhammad was sort of the one that restored that. Yeah, so they have um, almost like six articles of faith. They're really easy. First one is that there's one God. Two, all the true prophets of God. These are things that you must believe in. Three, the original scriptures revealed to Moses, David, Jesus, and Muhammad. So kind of interesting. When you hear David, you think of the Jews. Yeah. Um, but that's one of their six core beliefs is believing in the prophets. They don't believe Jesus was a savior. They don't believe he atoned for our sins or he was... That he was the son of God or wasn't divine. wasn't divine. Yeah. He was just an amazing prophet and as was Muhammad. Still an interesting thing though is that Jesus is mentioned... Recognized. ...more than anyone else in the Quran. So interesting. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, you must believe in the angels and the day of judgment and the hereafter and the last one is destiny. So these are the things that you believe in as a Muslim. Yeah. So just real quick to uh, give a little bit more into this section of, of major accomplishments, just yeah. he, uh, besides obviously creating or, or founding this religion um, by inspiration from God, he was also basically a great and charismatic leader. Like he was able to unite uh, the tribes of Arabia under this religion and eventually became the most powerful man in Arabia during his life because, because of the influence that he had and how he was able to be diplomatic in, in uniting those tribes together. He was a merchant, prophet, politician, leader. He was just a great guy. Yeah. Seemed, seemed like a really good guy. Uh, to dive back into the religion a little bit, uh, after he dies, we don't want to get, it gets a little bit complicated, but there ends up splitting off into two main factions of the religion. One is based on blood, a succession of blood, and the other one is based on, I guess, merit or or, or, or popular vote. Yeah, um, maybe seniority in the religion because I think the let's see one of the one of his first believers, an elected su- successor, is what it says here. Okay. So Sunnis is the one, and they believe in tradition is a good way to think of it, and they believe in Muhammad's elected successors. The majority of Muslims in the world today are Sunni. Let's uh, let's jump into some cool quotes. Okay. First one I got is, Be kind, for whenever kindness becomes part of something, it beautifies it. Whenever it is taken from something, it leaves it tarnished. The best among you is the one who doesn't harm others with his tongues and hands. Nice, I got that one too. The greatest jihad, or struggle, striving, is to battle your own soul, to fight the evil within yourself. Strive always to excel in virtue and truth. Mm. I like Socrates. Yeah. The strongest among you is the one who controls his anger. He is not a true believer who eats his fill with his neighbor when his neighbor is hungry. Mm. I heard that's what he did. He, like, never ate alone. He'd always invite people in. Good words to live by. Yeah. Riches are not from an abundance of worldly good, but from a contented mind. Here's my last one. A good man treats women with honor. Hmm. I got one more. Seek knowledge from cradle to the grave by listening to world changers. 
Okay, let's head over and talk about some uh, fun, interesting facts and stories about his life. Uh, throughout his life, he actually sent a bunch of letters to kings and leaders beyond Arabia, inviting them to Islam. Hmm. Pretty cool. I wonder who got those. Yeah, that's an interesting thing about. Uh, he helped settle the issue. We kind of referred to this a little bit um, of a clan, but who would get the honor of resetting the sacred black stone in the Kaaba when he was 35? And what he did was he had each one of the clan members hold a corner of a cloth because um, they all wanted to have the, the privilege of putting it in there. And mm-hmm. so instead, they got a, like a blanket or a, a sheet and they each had a corner with the thing in the middle and they put it in together. So no one had the, no one did it themselves. They all got to do it. And that was that kind of gives you a little insight into how smart and wise he was, you know. Yeah. Um, he when he died, he had nine wives and a concubine. So fun thing in uh, Islam, you're allowed to have up to four wives now. Yeah, which is part of the reason why the, they've you know the population has grown so much. Interesting, but yeah, I didn't know he had nine wives. Yeah, and uh, obviously, yeah, that was a pretty common thing back then, at least in that part of the world, and but. I read that there were political purposes for all of those marriages. Interesting. Yeah. In the traditions of Islam, Muhammad is believed to have undertaken a mythical journey uh, to heaven and back called Isra and Miraj in one night. Uh, The Isra part describes uh, when he goes on a journey where he rode a winged steed Barak to a mosque to discuss discuss with other Abrahamic prophets, Jesus and Moses. Hmm. So he rides like a a winged creature um, and a, a horse. Uh, and the Mirage describes the second part when he went to heaven and spoke to God. Hmm. And that sounds a little bit crazy, but a lot of prophets have similar stories where they interact with God and with other prophets. And yeah. even Jesus in the New Testament. Moses. Yeah. Um, so pretty cool stuff. Oh, cool. Yeah, I got a couple more. Uh, Muslim means, quote, anyone or anything that surrenders itself to the true will of God. Hmm. So I think everyone should, if you're religious, should try to be Muslim in that sense. That's cool. Uh, The Quran, as it's known in the present, was first compiled into book format by, I'm not going to say this guy's name, it's too hard, and some other scribes under the third caliph in 644-56. Now let's jump into the last part of our section where we're just going to talk about why Muhammad was great. I'll start this time. As per our new tradition, we'll kind of analyze, uh, was he born great? Did he achieve greatness? Or what did greatness thrust upon him? Mm-hmm. I don't want to take anything away from him the same way I didn't want to take anything away from Abraham Lincoln. But it seems like he had greatness thrust upon him. I would agree. I mean... From his own account, an angel from heaven came down and gave him the knowledge of the book of Quran, the teachings with, that were eventually inside of it. And now he still needed to have courage to tell everyone around him that what they're doing is wrong. I mean, imagine if you had, were told to tell everyone that iPhones were bad, mm. you know, or, or just smartphones were bad. Like, that sounds impossible. And I don't know if that's a great comparison, but I, regardless, I think... It was definitely the mainstream to have these idols, to have these gods. And we got to the point where he was kicked out of the city. Mm-hmm. And so I think you have to have a lot of faith in your God, a lot of courage. It's scary. You start. I'm sure he had times maybe when he was thinking, am I crazy? 
that I do something wrong, you know? And just to persevere and to stick with what he know what he knew he had experienced and to, to go forward with that, I think is uh, some of you know one of his greatest characteristics and accomplishments. There are a lot of similarities in that to somebody that we'll talk about, um, the Prophet Joseph Smith, and I think we mentioned him a couple times, but we'll talk about him more later. But yeah, he I would I would agree that he, he probably had greatness thrust upon him in a sense or he may have been believers might say that he was made great by God interesting so yeah he he was still a uh, say he was he was sort of a religious person even before he received well I mean it's evidenced by the fact that he was even in that cave or on the mountain in the first place like he was going there most likely to meditate it was a pilgrimage yeah, which is a, a you know religious purpose. Yeah, so he was still taking the time and had that um, that trait within him to to sort of be led towards more spiritual practices. Curiosity, maybe. Yeah, you know, sort of an inner searching for the truth. Probably a lot of the same kind of thing that we've we've uh, discussed with a lot of the people that we've we've talked about. It's interesting. Yeah, the the, the, the insatiable appetite and curiosity for knowledge yeah. and it could be it could be knowledge in mechanics with Leonardo yeah. or it could be uh, knowledge in physics with Einstein or it could be knowledge in spirit yep it's really cool with Muhammad that's Buddha. a good point I feel like I've noticed that a lot with all of these people and another similarity I just thought of with with uh, Leonardo da Vinci is a significant experience in a cave remember he had that experience as a child interesting having that really intense curiosity to go into this cave and see what was in there, but also a really great fear of what, what he might find in there. So um, They got their caves. Buddha and Newton had their trees. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, by any measure, the, we, you know, we talk about this with, with most of the people that we've done episodes on is, is the influence they've had since their death so the fact that there are two almost two billion people that are followers of the religion religion that Muhammad founded is is evidence of his greatness and and I think his ability to communicate was probably very great because he was able to take these messages from God that you know a lot of people believe that he was fearful of what he experienced or, or the words that he, he received. And you mentioned the fear that would accompany the, um, the fact that he had to go and, and talk to all these and tell all these people that they're you know, going against the will of God and condemn the practices that they had become used to and they were their way of life. And so being able to overcome that fear and being able to communicate this message in an effective way to be able to gain followers is, is evidence of, of the great traits that he had. All right. Well, that's all we got today for Muhammad. Catch us next week. Thanks for listening. Uh, tweet at us at, at WC underscore POD, WC pod, and we'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.